it used to be politics, religion at, at tables. Now it's <laughs> sales and networking and all of that stuff, right? right? Like Then we also live in this online world now where you have all of these gurus that are telling you how you should <laughs> or shouldn't message people and whether you should or shouldn't message people. Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, You've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am super excited to bring to you an amazing guest. I can tell from the energy that we've had in the conversations before we hit record that this is going to be a fantastic interview. Uh, Donnie, we just talked about names. <laughs> Donnie Bovin is an entrepreneur and serves as the CEO and founder of Success Champions and Success Champion Networking. Donnie is considered one of the leading global minds on sales, business development, and business growth. He is the first person to make sales and business development relatable and human, which I absolutely love. He's a community builder at heart. He builds champions. And today he helps small business owners leverage sales and business development to grow and scale their business through Success Champion Networking, Badass Business Summit, Champion Tables Masterminds, and the Champions 90 Challenge. In addition to all of this fantastic stuff and running multiple businesses, he runs a full working farm with goats, chickens, ducks, turkeys, geese, and his podcast, Growth Mode, ranks among the top podcasts globally. He's a five-time best-selling author and a highly sought-out public speaker, and I know that the next 45 minutes that we have with him are going to be absolutely amazing. Before we bring him into the show, I just want to take a minute to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Break Your Bullshit Box coaching program. People often ask me, how did you go from being an attorney to being a coach? And my answer is always my bullshit box overflowed. I had a mental breakdown and I finally started prioritizing myself. So let's help you break those excuses that you've had before you have the meltdown that I did that forced change. If you're ready to take your business and your life to the next level of success, head over to Success Development Solutions and let's jump on a call to see how we can work together. And with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with Donnie. Donnie, please tell me I didn't butcher your name. Oh yeah, it was horrible. It was and horrible. <laughs> it's Bovine, but you were close. You were uh, close. You were I was close. like, dang it. I know we just talked about this. So um, I appreciate your understanding as I totally um, kill your identity. So right. how are you? Thank you so much for coming. 
Oh, dude, I'm so stoked to hang out with you. You're fun already. Um, I love the story. I love the energy. I love that I get to show up as me. So that's a lot of fun. It's so, the only not, way to show uh, up, right? I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I got off a call today with somebody who asked me to fly to Minnesota and um, speak at their annual gala. And then they're like, are you okay wearing a full gown and heels? And I'm like, you have got the wrong girl. Yeah, like, no, you I'm go not. Find I'm... Someone else. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I grew up on a farm. I don't right. know that heels are really the way that it goes. So I appreciate you being here. Well, you should have asked him to cowboy boots can constitute heels. So I mean, it... I could rock that. So, um, so let's talk about you for just a well, let's talk about you for a long time, not just I'm a good minute. With that. I'm good with that. Um, you have this incredible energy that allows you to take complex and taboo topics like sales that people either run from or they love and make it human, which I absolutely love. When did you realize you had that skill? Oh, it wasn't by choice. Uh so my last career, I was recruited out of selling commercial printing, um, sold millions of dollars in commercial printing. And after the 08, you know, 09 years, uh, I got recruited into a sales training organization. And when they hired me, I said, I don't want to be a trainer. I want to sell. So they said, good, we don't want a sales trainer. We want a sales guy. I'm like, perfect. Match made in heaven. So Two years into selling sales training, the president of the company comes to me and he says, you can't make any more money. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, we're at capacity. We cannot take on any more clients. The only way you can take on, make more money is you got to start training. I said, I didn't sign up to be a trainer. And he goes, well, that's your choice. You either decide you're going to go to a different industry and move on or you start training. So I'll I started training. Let me tell you, I was bad. I was <laughs> really bad out the gate. I'm a sales guy. I, I don't mm -hmm. know how to teach people what I do. Uh, I eventually got good at it, but uh, I got good over repetition period of time. And when you're training gunslingers, if you will, you know, these hardcore salespeople, you don't have time to sugarcoat it, fluff it, you know, and if you don't have thick skin in front of a bunch of salespeople, then you're going to struggle. So it was a little, a lot of baptism by fire and repetition that I got really good at speaking and training in front of rooms. And what I eventually realized is they all had the same fears and issues I did. And as long as I could talk specifically to those, they would lean in and we'd have some real fun conversations. I think that that's incredibly important because people either love salespeople or they run from them. And to be able to have those conversations and make it, it human, as you said, is so incredibly important. Um, were you always the type of person that enjoyed selling or when did that no. um, happen no. for you? I never wanted to be in sales. So I, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I went to work immediately for my best friend and, and his old man. And I started off as a grunt. So I was a guy that climbed under the houses and up in the attics. And it was in Texas. So 110 degree weather, 140 degree attics sucked. It was just miserable. And I actually went to try and quit. And as I get out of the truck and I'm walking up the house, Jerry, who owned the company, looked at me and goes, oh, that's the I'm going to quit face. I'm like, oh, oh damn, no. right. I'm out. Right. I'm like, I can't do this. He goes, hold on. Before you quit, I want you to try something. I'm like, Jerry, I'm out. I'm not doing anything. He goes, hold on. 
He goes, tomorrow when you show up, I want you in a polo and a nice pair of blue jeans. And I'm going to drop you in a neighborhood. And all I want you to do is go knock on doors. And if somebody allows to come in uh, and do some work, I'll pay you commission. I said, I'm in. He goes, wait, you realize you don't get paid anything unless we actually go in. I said, I don't care. I don't have to climb in attics under houses. I'm in. He goes, all right. So he literally would fill up a cooler full of water, drop it behind a bush of some random person's house, drop me in a neighborhood and leave for the day. <laughs> and about three weeks in, I hadn't sold anything. Oh, wow. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Well, uh, one day he drops me off in this neighborhood and he goes, oh, shit, I forgot the water. And I say, he goes, suck it up. Just get water off of somebody's house. And I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I'm in this neighborhood now walking. It gets about noon, 110 degrees out, and I'm dying of thirst. So I knock on the door, and this lady opens it. She sees me. She goes to slam it. I said, ma'am, 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 ma hold on. I said, can I just get a glass of water? And she goes, oh, my God, bless your heart. Come in, right? And brings me in, sits me down at her table, and she goes, well, you're in my house. You might as well you know, tell me what the heck you're, you're doing. And I said, honestly, I don't know. She goes, what do you mean you don't know? I, so I explained to her, I'm like, Jerry dropped me off the neighborhood. I go knock on doors and see if somebody let us come look at their heating and air conditioning unit. She goes, oh, that's all I need to do is look at the heating, heating unit? I'm like, yeah. She goes, call him up. I'm like, really? She goes, yeah, call him up. So I called Jerry up and I'm like, you're not going to believe this shit. He goes, what? I said, she actually wants you to come look at the house. And he goes, really? I'm like, yeah. So he comes over. We end up doing a small maintenance thing on there, like a $100 project. I think I made like five bucks. <laughs> but that five bucks when you've never made any money oh, before dude, it was, selling, it was, it was it's brilliant. like a thousand. Oh, for sure. Well, and I promise you for the rest of that summer, I had to pee more than anybody ever knew <laughs> because every house I walked up to from then on out, I was like, can I just get a glass of water? Yeah. <laughs> I don't have cool. And so I kept getting invited in the house. Um, ultimately, I grew that company from a 300000 to a $3 million company. Wow. That's amazing. You know, it's your story has so many parallels. I think of my brother so much because he was in school to be a pharmacist and he got offered pest control job in Colorado <laughs> and he was bartending and this guy's like, I love your energy. Come work for me. And so he's like, I'm going to take a summer off of school and I'm going to move to Colorado where nobody I know lives and I'm going to do door to door sales. And we we're like, you are a moron. And then yep. he came back with a six figure summer and we we're like, maybe you shouldn't listen to us ever again. <laughs> right. Um, so that's, incredibly amazing. Are you familiar with the book, um, You're Invited by John Levy? Have you read that? No, never heard of it. I absolutely love this book. He creates these um, influencer dinners that are by invite only. And he's written this book about how to have influence through connection. And mm. one of the things that he says is that people want to be of service to you. So if you can show up asking them for a favor they are more likely to show up in response in a way that wants to be helpful instead of constantly having their guard mm, up. I like and that. I feel like that may have unintentionally been what you created when you asked somebody for water. And then that kind of became the favor that you were asking for to be able to I've get them to never open heard conversation. It, yeah. I've never heard it put in that, in that way, but I, I'd agree with that statement. Um, uh, partially, I think that, it's usually, you know, housewives are a lot of times were the ones that were home when I was doing that. And I can promise you for the rest of my sales career, I leveraged that type of experience. You know, I never, even when I, when I sold, you know, commercial printing, 
I, it was the same thing. I would never say, Hey, can I get your printing? I was like, Hey, you know, do you guys ever print anything? You know, and I always came from this information seeking mm -hmm. kind of mindset and, and, uh, people are good by nature yes. most times. And as long as you can stay a human being and not a salesperson, you'll be treated as a human being. Yeah. Most, most people try and sell shit. And when they start selling, then human being gets thrown out the window and there's some unwritten law that says you can be an asshole to a salesperson. You can't be an asshole to a human being, but you can damn sure be a jerk to a salesperson. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And I don't know what, where that came from. Because... Oh, all the sleazeball quotas and yeah. freaking uh, a desperation, horrible sales training. You know, I never got a day of sales training in my entire life, even up to selling sales training. I never got any training. So it's all self-taught. But, but when companies hire these people, they're doing it, believing these people are going to be the saviors of their company. And then when they're not producing, now it, you've got to go get it done at all costs. Or you yeah. don't make any money and it drives desperation. Well, and I also think that um, people have seen um, a little too much of the founder and um, <laughs> like Gary Glenn Wolf Ross of Wall and Street Gary, uh, and yeah. stuff like that, where they're like, oh, I need to be that guy in order to be liked. Um, I love I never wanted to be in sales ever. Um, I is. avoided it constantly. And I often say that. I grew up in the Girl Scout era where you didn't have the joy of saying, here's my link to buy Girl Scout cookies. Right. You had to go door to door when that was still allowed. And I hated that. And now I look back on it and think that was such a missed opportunity to hone a skill to be able to talk to people. Agreed. Um, and I, I feel like that's missing so much because as a business owner, I was still thinking, I'm not going to have to sell. I'm going to be an attorney. I'm never going to have to sell. And then I put my name on the door and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Magic fairies just don't bring people that want to pay me and drop them off on my doorstep. Like I have to actually do this thing called sales and had some huge mindset blocks to overcome. So when you're working with business owners and entrepreneurs, what do you find are some of the biggest mindset blocks around sales that you get to help them overcome? Well, field of dreams is is probably yes. the biggest, right? You know, well, I'm a business owner. You know, I have a website. You know, they should just pop out of thin air. You yeah. Know, the fairies. I like that. So, you know, I, I think it's getting people those idea of wrapping their head around what sales actually is. And because of the movies, the founders and all that kind of things, people have this idea. And also from dealing with so many bad salespeople people have this idea that that's how they have to be to sell. So it's teaching them very much that sales is nothing more than a conversation mm -hmm. happens to be a conversation with an outcome. And if people would come at it from the perspective of, would I have a cocktail with this person? It will change the absolute dynamic of every sales conversation. Cause People aren't taught to build a pipeline of prospects. Mm -hmm. They're not taught to have a ton of fire irons in the fire. So they have a lot of conversation. So they find themselves in this unique place where every conversation matters. Like if they don't get this person to do business with them, they don't pay their rent or their mortgage or, yeah. or the likes. 
So what we have to teach people is there's three main business development strategies they got to be doing at all times. Really, really simple and really quick. Uh, the first one, we, we uh, call it warm conversations. It's basically networking. So it's any place you can get face-to-face, Zoom-to-Zoom, belly-to-belly with anybody willing to talk about business. The second one is cold outreach. That's your cold calling. That's your cold DMing on LinkedIn. That could be your door-to-door stuff. And the third one we call hand-raising techniques. And hand-raising is anywhere you can put out original thought and people can raise their hand and say, I'm interested, would like more. So that could be getting on stage as podcasts. It could be putting out social content or commenting on social content. When you teach people these three activities, they learn really quick that they don't have a sales problem. Because most people, if you get them into a good conversation with good people at the right moment, good things happen and and business happens. Mm -hmm. People just suck at getting to that point. So once you teach them that they really have a business development problem and you teach them to get really good at business development, getting to those conversations and then through repetition, they learn their sales processes. They learn how to have the sales conversations. They win on a more consistent and regular basis because you normalize sales. And it doesn't become this thing that you have to go out and do every once in a while and then deliver. It becomes a ongoing activity. Yeah. I think that um, a lot of people are, a lot of business owners are really good at the first one, which is the networking and getting out there and rubbing shoulders with people. But especially with, and I'm not, I'm not knocking Um, traditional networking groups, because I believe that there's a place for those. I'm in one. I think that it's a part of a solid, I'm in BNI. Oh, we're going to fix that. So I'm, um, I believe that there's a place for those if they're done right. But what happens is all too often business owners use that as their entire networking Mm -hmm. strategy and they show up and they say, but wait a second, I'm networking for an hour a week why am I not getting a million dollars a year in business? (laughs) Um, And the same thing with sales calls. Like I'll talk to business owners and say, they'll say, I'm not getting any sales. And I said, well, how many people did you talk to today? And they're like, well, I I messaged a couple on Facebook. And I was like, (laughs) a couple's not going to do it. Like I remember reading Les Brown's most recent book where he says that when he started trying to get on stages, This was back in the newspaper days. He was going through the newspaper and calling anywhere from 50 to 100 um, businesses a day to try to get in their door. And I think people just underestimate the effort that's required if you're going to build your business all through cold traffic. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. Uh, It's fascinating to me. Let's go this direction. Networking in the traditional sense was built by broke people. Mm-hmm. Let me explain. Um, Eisen Meisner has built one of the most amazing organizations on the planet. Um, if you go back and you read the origin story of BNI, uh, BNI was found on the principle that Ivan lost his job. Mm-hmm. And now he was a consultant that didn't know how to sell. So he had to put together this group of people that could help him open doors through referrals. And that was basically the origin behind BNI. And every concept and things that they traditionally teach are taught in the vein that networking is the only activity you should be doing. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, it's a surefire way to keep people at a certain level and be 100% dependent on an organization. It does work, and otherwise they wouldn't have built the empire they've built. 
The problem that you're going to see nowadays and as we continue to move forward is, and you already said it, if people 100% depend on networking, they're going to lose mm -hmm. because you cannot, especially when we're fixing to go into this huge economic downturn, we're fixing to go into this huge ass recession, right? You can't freaking generate enough business fast enough through only networking because your network's going to dry up. Like yeah. if you can't go out and go get your own business and bring that back to your network and everybody else isn't doing the same, all you can do is refer inside that network and eventually you're going to run out of introductions and referrals because everybody has a belief that they can get it from that network. Agreed. Um, so Agreed. Know, shame. Shameless yeah. plug on our part. That's why we launched Success Champion Networking and now have the fastest networking organization on the planet. Well, I'm super excited to hear more about that because I 100% agree with you. And what's interesting for me is I joined a different networking organization when I opened my business and it had nothing to do with networking. It had to do with the fact that I had operated my entire life for 32 years under the idea that I was never going to own my own business and I was never going to have to sell anything. <laughs> and then I got to a crossroads where I was going to quit practicing law. I was going to go back to bartending. I was going to figure out where I went wrong in life that I created such a miserable existence for myself. And someone said, you should open your own law office. And I was like, did you not just hear me tell you how miserable I am? <laughs> and they said, I don't think that it's the law that's making you miserable. I think it's working for somebody else and building up somebody else and, and working your ass off and not having anything to show for it except for a paycheck. Yep. And I was like, you know what? I got nothing to lose. Well, now I'm sitting in an office and I know nothing. <laughs> so I was like, what's the best way for me to learn? It's to surround myself with other business owners. Yep. So I found the closest networking group I could, went and just started surrounding myself with business owners. And I found exactly what you just said, that... And I'm going to say this with the most amount of respect. So anybody who's listening, please know that this comes from a place of love. People, there's two types of people that are in those organizations. And the majority of them are people who either all of their business is referral based because they walked into a business that's been running for 20 years yep. and they don't need the marketing side of sales or they're broke and they're waiting yep. for the next referral. There's not really an in-between. So what I learned is when you can take those skills and you can put them as part of a bigger strategy and build your own strategy around that, making that one spoke, it yep. becomes an incredible tool. So I love that you mentioned that. How have you taken that and created the massive networking organization that you have? So... Um, I never wanted to create networking groups. So really quick how I got here, because uh, it's just a fun, quick story. So I spent 20 years in straight commission sales, turned 40 before I even knew that you could do this thing called be an entrepreneur, start your own company. I just grew up blue collar. You know, you work, you get a job, you retire, that's life. And so uh, in my last organization, you know, I picked up partner and thought that was going to be my retirement plan. Well, when I was doing that, that business, I ran 11 networking groups for the Fort Worth Chamber of Commerce and then had six of my own networking groups going at, at that time. Um, and in Fort Worth, Texas, was became really, really known in the community because of all the things I was involved with. 
When I launched my company, I said, I'm never going to launch networking groups because I just have a belief that anybody who teaches networking is a broke asshole that doesn't know how to sell. <laughs> it's networking. It's not freaking rocket science here, right? You walk up, say, hey, I'm Donnie. What do you do? What do you do? You exchange some information. Cool. You network. Good job. Right. And, you know, I never wanted to be a portion of that and and I never wanted that to be part of my brand. In a well, we were doing the inaugural Badass Business Summit. I had 23 speakers flying in from North America. We had rented out a convention center and we had sold a massive amount of tickets. And two weeks for the event, we were told that if anybody shows up to our event, they'll arrest everybody on site. Hmm. COVID. So uh. our first event was slated for April of 20. So we'd pull it out a huge deposit, a lot of money out for this event. The event center we were at wasn't going to give our money back because they were essentially out of business and they needed to pay payroll and cash flow and everything. So we had to postpone the event. So luckily we were an online business, so we had guaranteed revenue coming in. So we were going to be okay, but we knew the whole world was moving online. It took me two and a half years to build a legitimate online business. No wow. joke. Um, it's a lot of damn work. And so we knew the world didn't have two and a half years. So literally uh, that night, 3.30 in the morning, I woke up and went, crap. Sent my CEO a message and I said, what do you think about launching online networking groups? And he said, I think it'll be a good idea. It's talking to my wife over breakfast the next morning. I'm like, babe, I don't want to do this. She's like, why not? And I said, because anybody who teaches networking is a broke asshole that doesn't know how to sell. I don't want to be associated with those people. And she goes, you realize you're an idiot, right? I'm like, yeah. How am I an idiot? She goes, why don't you fix what everybody hates about networking and literally change how the world networks? And I went, shit. Yeah. Seven days later, we launched. Um, and that's what's allowed us to grow to the global brand we have now. And it's we just went in and from my networking experience, talking to a lot of people, fixed all the things they hate. So we said things like, okay, no multi-level marketing, no network marketing, primarily B2B. Uh, we, we are virtual only. I have a full working farm. I don't want to drive into town. If I got to drive yeah. into town. I lose half a damn day and people of achievement don't want to drive into town either. Right. They got too busy to worry about it. We yeah. didn't want to do the traditional networking meeting where you sit around for 45 minutes, listen to these stupid 60 second commercials with dumbass jingles on the back end. Then listen <laughs> to somebody stand up and do a boring fucking presentation that nobody gives a flying fuck about. And then, you know, they fabricate a whole bunch of referrals between the realtor, the mortgage guy and the fucking title company. Yeah. You know, so, so we said, okay, how do we fix that? So we've got five different meeting styles. So it's really more of a mastermind peer group strategy. We brought a ton of freaking training in there, have a whole online community that is as active as Facebook or LinkedIn, um, where you have access to the entire network. You can go visit every chapter in the network. Um, it, it's, we literally added everything in there people wanted. And got rid of all the crap that wasn't bringing any value to anybody. That's that's so amazing. And also, I love your wife's comment because that's so many people run from something. They say, "I don't want to be associated with this. I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a part of this industry." So then to say, "Wait a second, I could be that disruptor mm -hmm. in this industry that actually creates a path to success in an industry that has a really bad." reputation in a yep. lot of different ways. And I think this goes hand in hand with you changing the rhetoric and the conversation around sales too, yeah. because you have inserted yourself into two industries that 
repel people as much as, you know, it used to be politics, religion at, at tables. Now it's <laughs> sales and networking and all of that stuff. Right. right. Like, um, and then we also live in this online world now where you have all of these gurus that are telling you how you should or shouldn't message people and whether you should or shouldn't message people and what type of a person you are if you blind cold message on this platform versus this platform and people are filled with so much information that they get in this analysis paralysis and they say i suck at sales yep. instead of just being able to say like send the damn message like send the freaking friend request. What happens if you send a friend request to somebody and then a message to somebody and they're like, well, that bitch sent this out to me. I don't know you. Right. <laughs> what does it care what you think about me for trying to take a product and service that I believe in and introduce it to you? So I think that there's so many mindset blocks from a generation of people who have been told that everybody needs to be included, everybody needs to be liked, and everybody needs to like what you're doing, that we get to turn around with sales and networking, which I love that you're doing that. No, oh, thank you. And, and I, I, you, you, there's so much truth there. That's uh, why I love the idea of changing the dialogue from they've got to like me to I've got to like them. Mm. You know, we've all brought on clients that were that we knew we shouldn't have brought on. Yeah. Right? And and we knew it. We brought them on and then they become fucking nightmares. You know, we've all been there. And it normally but, comes from that desperation you mentioned. Yeah, oh, 100%. Before. Yep. Always. You, you got to pay your mortgage or whatever else. And now you're like, I've got to eat shit here and take this client on. And what I've found that is the more you can teach people to especially if you sell a service right because if you sell a service traditionally you're going to be spending a lot of time with that with that client mm -hmm. and you know uh, i just have the rule if i won't have a cocktail with them i'm not doing business with them yeah. because i'm, I'm going to spend that much time and and it's this whole idea that if you try and disqualify somebody versus qualify like go through and go okay could i really help these people and people are like, oh, I can help anybody. Bullshit. No, you can't. You can't help anybody if they don't have the energy, they don't have the time, they don't have the money, right? They don't have the desire to do it. And, you know, you may not like them in the first place. So if you spend the entire conversation going, okay, do I like them? Could they afford me? You know, will they put in the time of energy? And most times, if you come from this disqualified, you know, mentality, and you pour into the people, they'll go, hey, how do we continue working together? How do I use your services? You won't need no closing strategies. You won't mm -hmm. need to freaking ask for the sale and all that greaseball stuff. You just go have fun conversations and let them come to you. Yeah. And when you approach it that way, you may get a no from that person. And then two weeks later, get a referral because they remembered something yep. that you said and they ran into their friend at the grocery yep. store and they're like, wait a second, I just talked to this guy who didn't make me feel like I needed a shower after I heard his pitch. <laughs> right. And now um, you're really getting that, that impact. So for somebody who's listening to this, who has said the line, I suck at sales, I don't know how to sell, I don't... Um, like cold calling or reaching out to people, where's the first step for them to start? I would tell them that if the answer is 100, 
And what I mean by 100 is I don't care if it's a perfect client or somebody you're just getting to know. I want 100 Zoom to Zoom conversations. Okay. And the reason I want 100 Zoom to Zoom, I don't care if they're networking. I don't care what they are, but it's 100 Zoom to Zoom conversations in which you ask each person if they would be interested in your services. Hmm. Not saying, would you buy from me? Would you be interested in my services? What that happens is, is because people have not found themselves in enough situations that are sales-like in nature, they don't know how to have the conversation. So I can't tell you that, well, Amber, you should reach out and say these exact words, and that's going to get you into the right conversation that's going to get you to sell. I need you to go have the courage to reach out to somebody and say, hey, I'd like to learn more about you and your company, you and your business. Make it about them. Go get in the conversations. As part of your conversation, you need to have the courage to just ask, would you be interested in talking about my services? That one question will get more and more people to go, okay, well, tell me about your services. Right? Yeah. Right. Then do this a hundred times. And what you're going to hear is you're going to hear enough no's. You're going to hear enough hell no's. You're going to hear enough, well, that's stupid. You're going to enough of that's, I'm not interested at all. And you're also going to hear enough people go, yeah, let's, let's, let's do that. Or let's get started. What's that look like? The volume of getting those hundred will teach you your sales process. We'll teach you how to talk about sales. We'll teach you how to talk about your services, right? It'll teach you how to sell your stuff. And then you don't worry how to, to the point of how do I get my next one? You go, okay, cool. How do I get my next 100 calls? my next 100 conversations. And it's all about the repetition. But every one of those conversations, you've got to say, would you be interested in talking about my services? Not, can I sell you anything? Not, would you like to buy? Would you be interested in talking about my services? Because you've got to get into that dialogue. You've got to get into that, that phraseology of how do I talk about my stuff? And what I love is they're going to ask you screwball questions that you're at first are not going to have any clue how to answer. And that's a beautiful thing because now you've got to figure out how to answer. And everything about business growth happens in the sales conversation. Because somebody's going to ask, can you do this? Or can we do this? Yeah. You're going to say yes to a lot of the wrong things until you learn to say no to the right things. I think that this is the coolest answer and the coolest approach because there's a couple of different things that are popping out at me. Number one is, would you be interested in talking about my services or um, would you be interested in hearing about them? And then finding out whether your services even interest them at all before you get to a price point and a package and a proposal and you're in a sales conversation. To the person who hasn't done enough sales a sales call and a would you be interested in talking about call may sound the same, yet they're so different. And I love that approach. Um, the second thing that pops out at me is this permission-based marketing. We yeah. are permission-based selling. We are so used to as consumers having sales calls shoved down our throat yep. that having somebody take a moment to say, hey, like, is it okay if we even go down this road? is so incredibly welcoming. Can I can I show you a fun trick? 
Of course. So, so typically, I didn't do it this morning, but almost every Friday at 8 a.m. Central, you can find me live on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook doing live cold calls. Um, really? Yeah. And I'll have it on speakerphone and people can hear both sides of the conversation. So for your listeners, and they can come back and watch this replay, do a fun, just, you can play Amber selling your services. I'll cold call you as a total role play. You can act your normal self. Don't change up anything you would ever change up. But I want to cold call you really quick because I want people to hear how I sell and how I do this because it is not your normal traditional side of having a sales conversation. You okay with that? Yeah, Absolutely. All right, so I'm going to ring the phone Just say, hey, it's Amber. You ready? Yeah. Ring, ring. This is Amber. Hey, Amber, Donnie Bovine. Hey, Donnie. How are you doing? Good, good. Does my name sound familiar at all? I've heard of it, but can you refresh my memory? Sure, 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 sure. So, Amber, just so you know, this is actually a cold call, and I really am not a big fan of doing these. Is it okay if I tell you why I'm calling, or do you want to hang up? No, go ahead. Cool. So I'm the CEO of Success Champion Networkings, and I run the fastest growing networking organization on the planet. Do you currently do any sort of networking right now? I do. And where are you currently networking? I do BNI chapter weekly, and then I also network through my podcast, and I have a Facebook group where I do some networking. Oh, I love that you have a podcast. That's, that's one of the coolest things. I have one myself. I know it's a lot of work, but it's, isn't it so much fun getting into all the conversations and having those good times, right? Um, we are actively looking to put a couple of chapters in the Las Vegas area. Um, would you ever be interested on my dime visiting one of our chapters and exploring and seeing what we do? Yeah, I'd be interested in looking at it. No promises. Cool. Right. Um, out of role play. Yeah. Nine, 90% of the time, that's exactly how the conversation goes. Yeah. Two things that people need to understand. If you stay human, they'll talk to you. Right. The moment you go and flip onto the sales switch and you try and do a sales maneuver, you're going to be treated like a salesperson. Yeah. Right. So I love the fact that you get people with brutal honesty. So it goes back to the idea of would you be interested in talking about my services is the same thing as saying this is a cold call. I'm nervous as hell. Yeah. Can I tell you why I'm calling or do you want to go ahead and hang up? And they'll laugh at you a lot of times. Sometimes they will hang up the phone, which yeah. is okay. Because it's no harm, no foul, because you told them it was okay that they could hang up the phone. I think that was the moment that I realized it was different during that role play. Because I made, I'm going to say I made the mistake, although I don't regret it at all, of donating to some fireman's fund one day. <laughs> and, and now every nonprofit on the planet has my contact information yep. and the calls always go the same yep. and you pick up the phone and it's like, Hey, is Amber there? And then all of a sudden it's like, my name is this. I'm calling from this. We're yep. collecting money from this. And I haven't had the opportunity to have an edge in otherwise. And so I've actually just started, and this was the hardest thing for the people pleaser in me that I have finally evicted. Um, I, just started hanging up on them. And it's really unfortunate because I can tell you that probably at least 50% of those causes are something that I would otherwise be. Do you want to have a little welcome. bit more fun, fun with those? Oh, always. Next time they call and they got through their spit, their, their spiel, instead of hanging up, interrupt them and go, Hey, 
can I tell you what have would have got me more interested in this conversation? And then go, if you would have out the gate said, this is a cold call and you're nervous, I probably would have talked to you. So do me a favor, call me back and start oh, there. Wow. Right? And just completely pattern interrupt their entire process. I love that. Two things are going to happen. One, either A, they're freaked the fuck out and they're not calling back. <laughs> or B, they will literally call you back and now you get to have a fun, real conversation. That's so awesome. Um, I think that that's, that's really amazing. So for people who want to learn more about you, want to learn more about the um, podcast that you have, the um, live streams that you were talking about of doing your cold calls, what's the best way for people to reach out and talk to you? So a couple of ways. My, my favorite one, I got to tell a little quick story. So about 65, 70 days ago, I decided I needed to lose a few pounds. Okay. Um, I put on the COVID-20 type thing. And so I have a farm. So I started getting up at four o'clock in the morning. I was getting up at five anyways. I'm an early morning person, but I get up at four o'clock in the morning. I take my German shepherds out, let them run the front pasture. And then for 45 minutes, I would walk gate to gate listening to a podcast. Um, and there's about 200 steps in between my pasture gates. And I was diagnosed with ADHD this year. I didn't know I had it most of my life. And what I found is my entire life, I've needed to be distracted to listen and learn. So, so like through high school, everything, I had to doodle to actually learn something. So what I found is in the mornings, in the dark, having the podcast distracted me enough that I could listen, but I was focused and thinking about the company. And I did this for 30 days leading up to our last Badass Business Summit, which has happened back here in April. In that 30 days leading up to the summit, I lost 37 pounds. I was also fasting. We added a zero to the bottom line of our company, and we have never been so laser focused on growth in the things we're doing. So we rolled up this thing called Champions 90. And Champions 90 is completely free program. There's no upsells, no webinars, no crap. This is a business development challenge that anybody can take up. And so what you're doing is you're committing to 45 minutes of exercise, walk. That's all I do. 45 minutes of listening to a business or growth-oriented podcast. 30 minutes of cold outreach. So that can be cold calling, cold DMing on LinkedIn. Um, it could be door-to-door. -door. And 30 minutes of hand-raising activities, which is you're putting out original thoughts. So this could be like getting on podcasts, getting on stages, putting out social content, commenting on other social content, and then writing 200 words every day. You're doing this for 90 days straight, no quit. You miss a day, you start over. If people would just go to LinkedIn and type in hashtag champions 90, go look for the post and the feedback of people doing this challenge. It's absolutely amazing, the feedback and the personal growth. So if people will go to champions90.com, they can register up and say, hey, I'm going to take up the challenge of doing this. Like I said, no sale, no upsell, no anything. I just want to see people win. So champions90.com is one way. And then Donnie Bovine on every platform you can find me. Uh, connect with me, send me messages. Uh, I, I love it. Growth Mode Podcast is the name of the podcast. And then I'll make an offer. Anybody that goes to Amazon and buys 10 of my latest books for $3.99, it's called Fuck to Focus. Um, if you will buy 10 of these books, so it's $40, send me the receipt that you bought 10 books. I'll give you my personal calendar link. 
and give you an hour of my time to sit down and work on your business and whatever you want to fix. I love that. And I will um, add to that as well. So if um, you take this podcast, if you're listening to this podcast and you share it on social media and you tag me and Donnie in it, I will go buy 10 of your books right now as well. And I will gift those to my oh, audience awesome. as well. Love so that. we can do both of those. Oh, and yes. um, I will also add a coaching call in there for anybody who, who does that. So you get a coaching call with Donnie, you get a coaching call with me, and you get the opportunity to pass on a book to somebody else um, as well. So we'll make that happen. Um, I was thinking of, as you were explaining this Champions 90, um, how different it automatically sounds than some of the other challenges that are out there. And um, I wanted so badly to be a proponent of 75 hard so much because um, I truly believe that the concepts are um, so important. However, I also am trained in human behavior and I'm trained in language and I'm trained in um, linguistics. And when you name something, something that's hard, your brain right. automatically I never thought says, about that. Right. Right. I'm never going to finish this. So I love that yours is a positive typed name, Champions 90. And I also love that it's business related that mm. pre that does actual results instead of just content. And I'm super excited to sign up and give it a shot because I have failed 75 hard like 19 times. And I decided after some serious conversations with my business coach that 75 hard was not good for my mindset. Mm. I kept signing up. I kept failing. I kept proving to myself I wasn't going to finish. And to me, it was just this extreme thing that took away from my business development opportunities. Um, I love that this incorporates both of them. And your energy is a softer, positive energy, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, so, I'm not the bro marketer. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited to jump into that. And I would encourage anybody else to as well. Um, as we start to shift just a little bit and start to wrap this up, I ask every single one of my podcast guests this question. I believe it is the most under asked question in business today. What does success mean to you? How do you define it for yourself? So I used to say freedom. And I would always define it by the ability to do whatever I want, whenever I want, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that, that was my kind of always off the cuff after. Here's what success means to me. Success is achieving or helping thousands of people across the world find their freedom. Because, see, a lot of us left corporate America Yep. To build our own businesses. And what happened, because what happened to me is, and I didn't say it early on, but at one point in building my business, I had to go in and tell my wife that her Jeep had been repossessed. The mortgage was three months behind and we were about to lose everything we own. And she literally had to go in and cash her 401k in to save the farm and get her Jeep back. And, you know, all through that time, nobody but her and I knew how bad everything was. I wasn't going to tell anybody how bad the business was because I didn't want people. I, didn't, I had a belief that if people knew how bad it was, they would never do business with me. 
So which also meant that I wasn't seeking out help and I wasn't asking for, for people to show me the way. So I made a vow kind of at that point that I was going to use my story and teach everything I wish somebody would have taught me as I was going through it. So success for me is when thousands and thousands and thousands of people can go, Donnie got me to freedom. He showed Mm. me the way. So everything that I share on social media, podcast, freaking, you know, anywhere I can get a pulpit, if you will, um, is literally sharing all the things I wish somebody would have said to me as I was going through it. Um, and I tell everybody, I'll give it all away. I will continue to carve the trail and I will continue to give it back. And, and hopefully I become a light in a dark place that you least have a direction to go. All right, I'm going to follow that trail and keep on going because I'm going to keep teaching it as I continue to learn it. I love that so much. Um, and then my follow-up to that is you heard me say in the beginning, and we talked about my coaching program, which is called Break Your Bullshit Box. And I truly believe that we all carry around this invisible box of all of our bullshit that we've allowed ourselves to For buy sure. into. What is the biggest thing that you had put in your bullshit box that you had to break out of? What excuse did you rely on for far too long? Um that I had to have a job and work for others. Um, and I didn't realize it was an excuse. When, when you work for other people, excuses sound real. Yeah. Right? Because you So can does say, security. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So you can say things like from, from a sales perspective, you know, it's okay when you work for somebody else to say, well, the economy sucks. Um, you know, marketing sucks. The lead sucks. Uh, it's just a bad time of year. This always happens in the fourth quarter. And they sound legit like real things um, or I've always going to have this paycheck type of thing, right? They sound like legit real things. But once you become a business owner, you learn really, really quickly that you got no excuses. It's all on you. Success is your fault. So is failure. And so I had to teach myself that life is an experiment. Mm. And if you look at life as an experiment, you never fail. You sure figure out a lot of fucking ways that shit doesn't work. Right. Yes. But you're not actually failing unless you quit. Which led me to my second belief that the only people who truly find success are those of us who are too dumb to quit because we go past where others would throw in the towel and say, I'm going back and getting a job. We're like, ah, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep figuring this out. So life is an experiment and be too dumb to quit. I love it. I love it so much. Donnie, it's been an absolutely amazing time chatting with you. I love your approach to networking. I love your approach to sales, to success in general. And I'm super excited to continue to connect with you, build a relationship and change the world together. It's going to be awesome. Hey, guys, do me a favor. If you made it this far and you got any value out of this, do Amber the greatest favor and share this out with one person. Having my own show, I can tell you the toughest thing in the world is growing an audience. It would mean the world to her, whether it's this episode or any of her other episodes, to share it out with one person who would get value out of this episode. It's like you literally walked up and gave her a virtual hug. I love all the hugs. Thank you for that. I appreciate (laughs) it. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that sounds like something that you're interested in, the name of that Facebook group is Success Center. Head over there, request to join, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.